What is the number one secret for making money online and off? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing your business learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You, my friend, are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And woo who do we have another big episode for you today? Today, Jason Portnoy shares why you should march to the beat of your own drum, hacks versus long-term stability, and the number one secret of making money online and off. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview episode guest who has helped hundreds of business owners take their brands online. Now, before we get this kicked off, I hope you're getting value from these uh, interview episodes, these amazing guests I'm lucky enough to be able to bring on, as well as the solo episodes, right? And if you are and you want to keep getting all these great interviews and the daily success tips, please make sure you go on down there, smash that subscribe button while you're there. Let's go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and drop us some kind words in the reviews. These subscribes, rating, and reviews tell the podcast platforms how awesome you think we are lifts up uh, lifts up lifts us up a little bit in the rankings so that we can reach more driven entrepreneurs just like yourself so again if you're getting value take a moment show the love and help spread the word and as you know as per usual the dark horse corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing g-o-l-d spilling from every corner of the dark horse entrepreneur hq so let's get to the starting gates and go all right my dark horse friends and family today's guest is jason portnoy now jason is an obsessed full stack marketer today through his agency jport media jason and his team use the latest marketing strategies and have helped multiple businesses scale to seven plus figures he now has this private market domination coaching group and helps business businesses and leaders be found be seen and be heard everywhere. Jason has been mentored by, coached for, and interviewed people like Damon John, Gary Vaynerchuk, Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, Randy Zuckerberg, and so many more. He's also the host of the Perfectly Mentored podcast and has been featured in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, BuzzFeed, Yahoo Finance, and NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. I think the whole alphabet uh, comes under his uh, under his realm, and he's also worked with business owners all over the world. Now, even while he's out there getting all this done, still found time to come hang out with us for a bit. Jason, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I, I read bios all the time on the podcast yeah. and uh, and I, I see the faces of the people I read the bio of and, and they're cringing. And now I completely understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely get it. All that sounds Sounds really lovely, really, really nice. And I'm sure it makes my mom really, really happy to hear that. So thank you for reading that. 
Absolutely. We'll be sure to make sure mom has a copy of this for her, <laughs> for her, uh, for her storage. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I just, I, I want to, you know, first of all, just kind of give you the opportunity to tell your story, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the road traveled to bring you to where you are to reach the success levels you have, you know, and then kind of share, you know, why you love doing what you do so much. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's funny saying, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly and, and the road. I, I think my journey is only beginning. So, so I, I think I have a lot of good, the bad and the ugly still left to do. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we could talk about a lot of, a lot of the stuff before that. So I was supposed to go to law school. I declined law school twice, made my mother cry. Um, you know, she, she, immigrant family believes that school was the way out. And I was just an awful student, not because I wasn't smart, but because I was bored mm. um, and just didn't, you know, I, I looked at law school. I said, okay, if I could get in, uh, I have to really love this. I'm going to go to school for another like X amount of years and, and I don't like it. So I decided I was going to go get a job um, in business development for a recruitment company um, right away, realized that, uh, I have problems with authority and can't work for other people. Uh, I, I remember that very, very clearly. And, you know, maybe it was, I was a punk kid who think everything should have been handed to me, but, or, or, or just didn't understand the workplace, but something kicked in inside me and I decided I was going to start a clothing company, which obviously made my parents even more happy that I was now going to uh, not go to law school, but now I was going to quit my job that I had for less than a year. And I was going to go start a clothing company right. uh, selling t-shirts that they were very, they're very like, uh, I'm sure they thought very highly of my decisions at the time. Um, but, but I've always been a person that marched to the beat of my own drum and I'm, I'm tenacious when I, when I really want to be. So when I started a clothing company, I was reading a book by Damon John and I think it was right before Shark Tank started or mm-hmm. just, just start, he just started filming. And in the book, he said he liked helping young entrepreneurs. So I said, cool, I'm, I'm going to reach out to him. So I went on Twitter because Instagram didn't exist yet. Uh, I went on Twitter and I started tweeting at him saying, Hey, um, you know, you like helping young entrepreneurs come help me. And the first few times nothing happened. And the second time, uh, or like one of the, the third time, maybe he tweeted at me his, his website. So I went to his website. There was nothing there. Kept going, kept going. Um, found different ways to follow up. Eventually I got a meeting with him. Um, got the meeting with Damon John. I guess he took a liking to me because he ended up mentoring me once a quarter. Um, for that first year and then turned into a beautiful friendship that we still have today uh, and someone that I, I really trust and I admire. Started the clothing company, uh, was, was in over 250 stores across North America, but the biggest mistake I made was I was young and wasn't self-aware enough. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of business owners make this mistake now where they don't know what their true strength is. And mine's mm-hmm. on the visionary side. I, I'm, I'm a bad implementer. And I used to think that was, I used to think that was a, a bad thing. I used to think it was a bad thing to be bad at something when you own the business. And now I realize, okay, there are two type of people when it comes to business owners. But so I tried to do everything, got really burnt out, but I love the marketing side. I was able to grow that brand because I understood marketing. I was on, I, I had my stuff worn by tons of athletes and celebrities before it was called influencer marketing. I just thought it would be really cool to get to speak to those celebrities and athletes and get mm-hmm. them to wear my stuff. And you know, my wife was like, look, you're, you have to make a decision. You, you love marketing and, but you hate the clothing business. Figure something out. Facebook ads was just getting started. I decided to run a Facebook ad to see if I could help people. Um, which now sounds very obvious because everyone's running Facebook ads to try yeah. to help people. Right. But I ran ads because the biggest pushback I would get from businesses was how do we know Facebook ads work? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going back to around 2012, 13 ish 
maybe even a bit later, where people didn't even know Facebook ads work. Now everyone just doesn't know that whether they doubt whether you could get them results, but they know it works. Right. Before then, it was not even a matter of results. It was like, why should we do this Facebook thing? The first client I ever took on, um, they were doing twenty five hundred dollars a month in sales. Uh, mom and pop in the mom, mom and pop in the basement of their of their house selling T shirts. I knew that market well because I was selling T shirts, and I scaled them from twenty five hundred dollars a month to three hundred thousand dollars a month, um, all profitably uh, in under eleven months. And that kind of became a lighthouse. So, so I mean, kind of lucky. My first client was a giant success that allowed me to piggyback because I think if it would have been an awful failure, I don't know if we'd be sitting here right now. Yeah, right. Uh, I think I would have just been like, all right, I don't know this stuff. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and definitely a lot of hiccups along the way, a lot of mistakes. Um, I spent a lot of my own money on figuring out what not to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then since then, we've helped you know multiple clients reach seven figures and, and multiple of them even go above seven figures to eight figures. And, um, and that's where we are right now. So I have an agency. I have a, I have a podcast uh, called Perfectly Mentored. Um, and I have uh, a program I'm launching that kind of helps people create their own platform and, and, and scale their business. Is that the uh, market domination program? Yeah, that's the market domination method that we're that we're in beta, and we're we're taking on only a few clients in the in the first beta round of it. Nice, nice. I always love the new programs. I I, I want to drill around a little bit for the sure. the, the the that the was face- a long winded answer. I'm sorry. No, no, that was great. No, that was perfect. Actually, there was a lot of uh, places we can drill around in because I remember I was uh, playing in the Facebook ads arena probably about that same time the uh, you know the 2012 13 14 uh, time frame. You know when you could easily uh, turn some Facebook uh, profits around as long as you had some you know reasonable intelligence and a reasonably decent product. Uh, I was working with a client and we were getting, I don't know, like uh, I want to say it was like in the 24, uh, you know, uh, return on ad spend, the ROAS. And they're like, how are you doing this? Are you sure this is, you're, you're not, you know, they were actually, they were actually going, are you sure this is right? You know? Yeah. You give me a dollar. I can give you 24 back. I, it's just how it works. Yeah, and, no, no uh, and they're like, oh, oh, let's, you know, so it was like, then it was just all about, well, how much, money can we spend you know they were like how how fast can we step on the gas and you know they they went pretty heavy there for a while and they were lucky enough and we combined that with a uh, an amazon strategy shortly behind that and uh, when i was introduced to them they were doing it was a little bit bigger it was a you know uh, also an apparel company it was a niche market for uh whitetail hunters and i think they were doing 250,000 on Amazon. So, you know, you know, no, not, not a drop in the bucket, but certainly big enough to, you know, to sneeze at. And then in five years, they were doing 50 million on, and on the same channel on Amazon. Wow. Uh, yeah. Between the Amazon ads and the Facebook ads, they, they were like, how fast can, how much harder can we push? You know, and then, you know, and then as you probably are well aware, and, and it, I'm, this is me leading into a big question. Things have changed a bit over those years, right? I mean, there was the, the early wonder days. It was a wild, wild west and you could do things like go to 2,500 to 300,000 rather easy. Is it that much different nowadays? I'm, I'm out of that world, uh, as deep. So you being in it as close, I mean, is it still as easy to do it or are there new tactics and strategies you have to employ? So that's a great question. I, it's definitely not as easy. I mean, it was the wild west back then. You could, you could pretty much do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Your organic reach was a lot higher. Um, you know, it, 
it was it was a lot easier to do things. Uh, you had interest that didn't exist. Cambridge Analytica kind of started slowing that down, and so did um, you know everyone gravitating to the platform. Right, sure. people started realizing how powerful it was, and advertising costs went up. And if advertising costs go up, no matter how good you are, yeah, uh, your return on ad spend is never going to be that that twenty four x anymore, right? Because right, you, you have to you have to compete. So so yeah, going back to your point about can anyone you know just just do it, and and you know do you have to have skills and hacks or tactics? I'm not a big hacks and tactics guy, right? I, I believe in longevity and I believe in stability or as mm-hmm. much as you can on these platforms. I don't like chasing the latest hack or tactic. So I really consider myself a full stack marketer in the sense that I understand past the platform. Now, the platforms are going to get easier in the sense that machine learning is coming into effect. So what that means is Facebook has so much data now that you know you, you could put in zero targeting and with relatively some small data, you, Facebook will find you your ideal prospects, your ideal clients, your ideal customers. Mm-hmm. But now even more than ever, if everyone if it becomes that easy, people have to have real marketing skills. People have to learn how to write copy, how to, mm-hmm. how to create um, you know, thumb-stopping. We call it thumb-stopping um, images in creative to get people to stop scrolling. Um, uh, you have to have a good offer. So because the platform and, and your attention is becoming so... You know, it, there's the big fight for it, and so many people coming on the platform and trying to take up that space mm-hmm. and inundated with ads. Um, your ad has to be good, and I think now you're going to see a lot of media buyers who are having really good luck because they were really good—not luck, but they were really talented in the sense of they knew the latest strategy, they knew the latest hack, and and they were doing all that. They're going to start having a tough time when that becomes less important as. Um, just having learning how to craft a valid offer, learning how to write good copy, mm. um, learning to create good creative. Yeah, that's yeah. I I actually believe in that one wholeheartedly. I really like the fact that you're like uh, not a fan of the the latest hack or tactic because uh, you know those things are you know they work, but they I think to your point, it's probably they work now. Right. Tomorrow, they probably won't work anymore. Or certainly the, uh, the powers that be or the machine learning will say, Oh, well, you're, you're gaming the system. Here's how we stop that kind of situation where if you're in it for the long haul, your data will, will build up to the point where Facebook or whichever platform you're working on will say, All right, this is what they want because they have shown me that over the past three, six, 12 months, whatever their time frame is. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, I think brands that start investing in building their brand out and think more long term and understand the the customer value journey mm-hmm. and, how, and how someone engages with the brand and could and could market on every point that way, those are the ones that are going to win. The ones that are like, hey, I'm just going to go all in on Facebook ads alone uh, with bad creative because I'm going to do the latest manual bidding strategy or I'm going to do this method. Yeah, that works, but I don't really want to have to spend all my time chasing the next strategy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's not. I, I rather I'd rather just keep growing. Now you, you mentioned here just a second ago the the customer value uh, st- journey. Um, I I know I'm a big fan of the customer journey from from prospect to you know uh, you, you get them in the top of the phone and you start taking them through and warming them up and then turning them into a, a client or a customer whichever you want to call them and then take them through the the customer journey and then hopefully to flip them into a referral as you you know go what I call deeper into the wallet so to speak get more wallet share uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of give me 
20 customers that I can go deep with. I don't need 2000 at $27. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree with that. So when you say customer value journey, what does that, what does that mean to you and in, in, in how you see things? So I think it, it's, it's understanding, it's understanding how people engage, right? So, and the different touch points before someone becomes a raving fan of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, they have to know you exist. Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to take all credit. Ryan Dice and his team at Digital Marketing, and, and I think Ryan Dice is going to pass this on to someone else for coming up with this. But mm-hmm. really, the value journey kind of looks at first, they have to know you exist. They have to be aware you exist. Mm-hmm. And then they have to engage with your brand. Then they have to subscribe. They have You have to get them to take some sort of action. And then you have to convert them on something. And I'll, I'll go through this again in one second, but let me just walk you through it. Sure. After you convert them, you have to deliver. So you have to excite them. And then you have your ascension ladder of walking them up your latest offers. And then you have to become an advocate and then they become a promoter for your brand. So awareness is, you know, Facebook ads, a blog post. It, it's, it's, and then engagement is they have to take some sort of action. They have to watch your video. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to have a conversation with you. Uh, subscribe is, is, you know, they give you their email address or, and, or that's even like, Converting, converting is a small micro commitment, right. uh, whether they sign up for your lead magnet or something like that. At, throughout this whole stage, you have to present them a good experience, right? I think most people think, um, you know, especially in e-com, if you're selling products, that the value ends at the transaction. Mm-hmm. I think the value only really begins at the transaction because everyone can get a sale once. Yeah. I mean, you, you give anyone and they push hard enough, they could get someone to give them something once. Can you get them to do it again and again? Mm. Um, that's, that's a difference. And I think so many people miss that point. They just focus so hard on acquiring that customer. And then they, and then the rest of their process is awful and their, their customer experience, the customer service, their unboxing, the whole after effects of it is, is just, horrible. And then they were like, Hey, how come no one's buying again? <laughs> right. Right. So you have to excite them. If you don't excite them, you got to go back and you got to re-engage with them and re-engage them and start the process again. Mm-hmm. And if you, but if you could excite them, that's when you could start walking them up the ascension, whether it's a repeat buy, a cross sell and upsell your next program or, yeah. um, or another offer. If, if you're an agency, another offer. Um, and then if you do a really good job, then exciting them and giving them a good, uh, they'll, they'll become an advocate for you. And an advocate is someone like, if I ask you for a testimonial, you'll give it to me. If I ask you for a review, you'll give it to me. But the ones that get to the next level, the brands that understand how this journey gets out, they get into promoting stage. And that's where people are, are passively promoting your products. Like think Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple doesn't have to do much marketing. People are going to start talking about their iPhone for them. People are going to start talking about this. That's, that's, that's when you built a real brand and lifestyle. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's hundred percent right there. I, I really like the, the, the part of, of the delivery, right? I mean, even a broken watch is, uh, is right twice a day. You know, yeah. if you're not delivering them well, um, uh, you're going to have to, like you said, you're going to have to rebuild everything. And, uh, God, if I go back to my, my Coca Cola days, we were doing, um, customer and we're, and we're talking 20 plus years ago now, and we were doing customer acquisition pricing. And it was like, dude, it would cost us $60 to get a customer. And I'm talking about merchandising. Um, but it was only costing us $20 to $30 
to keep the customer. I'm like, well, do we? (laughs) The numbers tell you the story right there. If you can keep someone happy through their their exchange uh, with you, then you're going to spend far less money uh, keeping them happy than it would be to go out there and to your point, either re-engage them or find the next customer to bring them in and buy that one time. Yeah. But I think the two most important steps are one is this is all under the assumption that you have a good product or service. Mm, yes. The great, the best marketing in the world, I mean, can't, can't solve that. It will only, it will only speed up the rate at which you fail. If I think I'm a pretty talented marketer, I think our team's pretty talented. If you come to us with a bad product or bad service, we'll just speed up the rate at which you're going to fail. <laughs> but if you have a good product or service, great marketing, like is, is gasoline on the fire. Nice. Um, you know, I think people look at marketing sometimes as, as a, as a magic wand. Oh, you'll mm-hmm. build my business. I'll build my business on, on Facebook ads. Oh, I'll just wave a wand and, and say, uh, some magic words and my business will grow. And I think people have that, that misconception. And then the most important part of the value journey is, is the awareness, right? Mm-hmm. I think I'm a big believer that brands fail for one big reason and that's obscurity. So if people don't know you exist. They can't do business with you. And if they forget you exist, they can't continue to do business with you. Mm-hmm. So marketing and advertising is the lifeblood of a business. So, okay, let's, let's dig in there for a little bit. You know, here we have Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Entrepreneur, Mr. Mom, Pa, small business owner. And they're like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a great widget. It's awesome. I know everyone can use this or everyone in my niche market. What do I do? I mean, it, it, obviously, you you go to Jay Portnoy or Jay Port Media, and they'll hook you up. But until they get to that point, what what is it that they could do? Uh, step one, right out of the gate, to start building that awareness with their with their audience, their tribe. So, I mean, there are platforms that are free. There, I mean, Facebook yeah. ads. You don't have to go in and spend ten million dollars. You could play around with it yourself yeah. and, and and start growing, right? Like. I think, I think people just think that they have to spend $10 billion. Obviously, the more you spend, the better, you know, the better results or, yeah. or the better, the better data you'll have, which allow you to get better results. But I think people look at advertising as a cost, but there are so many free ways. Find influencers, find local influencers. Um, go to, now you can't really do trade shows, but online has made this, uh, yes, uh, you know, the, the chance of you growing your brand for free with zero money in marketing is, is very hard these days. Yeah. Right. Especially as everyone moved online and, and the world's kind of shut down from COVID and there's no trade shows and you can't go travel back and forth and show people. Um, but you know, pe- people are always, I, I heard this point one time, someone asked this great question. I was, I was in a room and people were talking about how do you market on a limited budget? And I heard someone say it perfectly. And they said, you know, let me ask you as a result of not advertising and marketing, because of your limited budget, how much money do you think you left on the table last year? Right. And they answered a lot. And then at some point it's like, okay, well, you need to invest in your business. Mm-hmm. I bet you if I bet you if I went and audited these people who believe in their product so much and they have the best widget that everyone wants, but if only they had the money to market. And I looked at they just bought the latest iPhone. They have the newest iPad. Yeah. Uh, they have the newest this. They're, they're spending, uh, you know, $300 on sneakers. They're going here. They're going there. And, and you start auditing where they're spending their money. You start realizing that they look at advertising as a cost and not an investment. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the wrong way to look at it. But I, I've yet to really find a business that, you know, they're like, I really don't have any money to market or do anything. Then, then you know what? Unfortunately, Go back, work another job, 
you know, save your money mm-hmm. uh, and start going because the answer is always what's the alternative. Okay. So if you don't put a cent into marketing, what is your alternative? How do you plan on growing this business? There, there it is. And, and I think, I, I think on the, on the flip side, I, so many times people are saying, well, you got to invest in yourself to be you know, smarter, your, your education and, and, and education isn't always about school. You know, I mean, like you could have went to law school and you, you chose not to. It's a, it's about the education of, of your business, right? How do I grow my business? And marketing is obviously a piece of that. And if you won't invest there, but you'll invest in, like you said, the, the iPhones and the sneakers and the clothes and the cars, right? Um, maybe we need to, uh, the cars, re- the watches. Hey, yeah. Right. Hey, if I, if I knew how hard you're now listening to-, to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast, entrepreneurship was before, you know, I ever started and someone and so, and I could actually see how hard the journey would be. I'm, I'm not convinced that I, I would, I would have done it to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I don't think. I be prepared to pay the necessary price. And I think so many people think entrepreneurship is the cool thing. I want to start my business and they're not prepared uh, to pay that price. They, mm. they're not, they don't have the stomach to start that journey. Um, you know, I've spent my own money uh, like and, and wasted a lot of my own money to figure out what not to do, which is just as good as figuring out what to do. And I see it as an investment because I'm the best investment I could ever make in myself. And people say it all the time. If only I had a little, if only I had this, right? That That's what you hear. Only entrepreneurs say, if only I had right. time to manage my Facebook ads, if only I had t- money to, to run advertising, if only I had this, it, it's, it's, it's an excuse. It's, um, you know, I, I don't mean to be harsh, but I've, but it's only because I've had that same mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking for that savior. I'm always looking for that one thing. I'm always looking for, I was always looking for, for that help. And when it didn't come, you know, you kind of have to, you know, realize this is the reality you're in, pick yourself up and go do it and, and figure out how to do it. So if I didn't have money to run ads and I didn't have money to launch my business, well, that's okay. Go, go get a job, work your job. If you're so passionate about it, work at night on your, on your project, save some of that salary and, mm-hmm. and go do it. And, and, and start your projects on the side. There's no fault in that. I, I have so much respect for people who work three jobs in order to support a family, in order to, in order to start their dream and do all that. Uh, that's respect because they have, they don't care what people think. They're going to do whatever it takes. Uh, where I lose respect and where I lose patience and is when I deal with prospects or, or people who come to me with a billion excuses mm-hmm. of why they can't do anything. And then we start having those conversations. Uh, like you said, watches, cars, everything like that. And then I'm just like, you don't want a business. You, 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 you just want to wave a magic wand, have a profitable business. You're, right. you're not really, you're, you're, they're not real entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. No, they're, they're chasing, they're chasing the dream and the dream really, there's work to it. Uh, I, I can say, uh, obviously I haven't reached your level yet, but I can definitely say the, the journey I've taken it knocks, you know, stumbles, bumbles, trips, falls. You got to get up, dust yourself off and. Take that next step forward, you know, and you got to grind away. I know when I first started my my Facebook ad days, I started with like five bucks a week, not even a day. It was five bucks a week. All right, I'm going to try this five book ad. Uh, here's some data, right? And then rinse and repeat. Okay, now I'll do five bucks every couple of days, you know, and it just started to, you you learn more, you educate yourself and, uh, you know, it, it, it works, but you got to work it, right? Yeah. And, and you build something up, right? People are afraid to lose it. You, you have so much that you've accomplished that if you lost everything right now, you don't start again from zero. You Mm-mm. start again from the foundation you've built. Right. I could lose everything I have right now. Every single client could walk away and I'm, uh, yeah, it would, it would, 
thing and I'd probably go, you know, uh, be miserable for a little bit, but I'd come back with like, once it hit me that I have uh, the foundation, I could just do it again. Right. You know, that, 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 that's the point that that's what you, that's what people don't, don't get. And and that's where people think, you know, people think this is a, entrepreneurship's easy. It's, it's shark tank, right? Like they, they go on and, and, and that, and that's what shark tank is. Uh, and, and that, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. I, I, I have a lot of these talks with business owners and, and whatnot, and, and that's what they think the, this whole game is, or they think it's luck or they think you got there when you're lucky. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think luck is an important part of it, but every single mentor I've ever had that I said I was lucky almost wanted to hit me because, <laughs> you know, they break it down. They're like, it's not lucky you were smart enough to put yourself in a situation. You're, yes. you were, you were smart enough to open your eyes and see there was an opportunity. That's not lucky. You could put someone who's, you know, not, you know, smart or, or not opportunistic into a situation, the same situation, and they wouldn't have had that same luck. So that you, you can't call it luck. And, and I think it's a great point right there because so many folks are out there. They're grinding away. You know, they're, they're working hard towards their dream. Like you said, they, they have those two and those three jobs, you know, they're to maintain the family and still work on their dream. And all of a sudden that opportunity, that, that cool opportunity uh, presents itself and they're like, they recognize it. And I think that's the key. They recognize it. And because they've been grinding away and they maybe have something squirreled away over here to, to, you know, to put into their business, they said, here's this opportunity and bam, you know, they invest in that or, you know, they use that to do that where others who are just like, oh, I should like to have that car and that house and that watch, you know, could be presented with the same opportunity and a probably wouldn't recognize it or B would be like, well, I can't afford that. It's a mindset thing. Yeah. And, and I, I used to get so mad whenever I had a coach or invested in a course uh, and notice how I, I, I become very conscious of, of saying invested or spent money on a course. Cause I think it's an investment. Anytime I invested in myself or a course or, or, or a business coach or, or mentor, and they've told, and they always talked mindset. I used to get so upset. I used to just be like, okay, just tell me the tactic on how to get rich already. You know, right. tell, like, like just l- l- let's get to my questions. And I used to get so mad. And then when you go through it, you know, you know this uh, just as much as I do. When you start going through it, this is the whole game. Mindset's the whole game. Yeah. When you start looking at things and you start, and you start seeing things as investments, when you start figuring out ways that I, this is an opportunity, I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize and seize it. That that's mindset. Yeah. You know what what you just described and what you were talking about is nothing more than just someone having a really really good mindset. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the, I think that's the magic ingredient for so many folks is they're they're not going to be held down, right? They may fall down, but they're not going to be held down, and that's how they get to their dreams. That's how they become that uh, that quote unquote overnight success, right? <laughs> Which we yeah. know took twenty years. You know, I, I had someone who I, I jumped on a call with someone the other day and they're like, and this is a person I, I truly respect and, and, and looked up to. And I'd never really spoken to them before. Like we knew of each other and we, we agreed to jump on a call and connect. And she was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I am super excited to be on this call right now because I'm such a big fan of yours. And I've been, and I'm like, seriously, me? Like, like I, I'm a big fan of yours, right? And she's like, no, I've been, I've been seeing what, what you've been doing. And in my head, I'm like, you're only seeing it now. Like I've been doing this for, for like, <laughs> like part of me got insulted for a second. I'm like, she's like, oh, I, I, I heard that you had a podcast. I listened to a couple of like, and I love it. I'm like, 
really, I, I've been doing this for, for a few years now. I, I, I've been, I've been putting out content for years and, and people are only starting to take notice. Yeah. Now and I'm upset because I don't think people are taking enough notice. And, and, and that's when I remind myself, I'm like, who do you think you are? Right. <laughs> who, like, who do you think you are? Like, like playing around in this, in this space for a few years and, and, and you think that, that you deserve it. And that's when I get, I get humbled very quickly mm-hmm. and, and, and recognize that like, that like, I got, I got my dues to pay just like everyone else. And I have no issues with it. Yeah. Do I want things faster at times? Of course we live it. We live in a, in a instant gratification world where we want things right now. And I'm no different than anyone listening to this or any human on the planet. I suffer from that tremendously, but, um, that's not how the game works, unfortunately. Yeah. And therein comes mindset again is, uh, you know, how you flip that around and turn it into a, a driving factor rather than, uh, oh my God, I don't have it yet. Exactly. Okay. So I want to, I want to pivot a, totally off base and I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I could, I could sit here and talk mindset with you all night long, but I want to flip back around. So you have, I'm going to use the phrase a digital marketing agency. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, uh, yes. It, it, for, for, for simple purposes. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, we're an agency. We're not, we're, we're, um, a modern digital ad agency for, okay. for, I mean, yeah, I, I, I hate those words. I hate agency. I hate those words, but yeah, but yes, but that's, this, you're, you're just talking about me, me personally right now, but, no, yeah, but you are correct in, in how you're, in how you're describing it. Yeah, right now. And, and I think we're, we're, I think we're, our mindsets are going in the same place because I hear that, that phrase bantered around so much by so many people who, when I look around at their presence is, and I'll be nice about it, right? Their presence and how they present themselves they're to me, and this is just my humble opinion. They're not, maybe they do some ad work for, for their clients. And maybe they do some social media work for their clients, but I don't think that as a, a, a marketing agency, um, help, help define in, in your, in, in your space, what you feel, a, a your full service ad or marketing digital agency provides that make you what it is you do. Sure. Um, I think to just answer one of your points, I think one of the heart, the reasons is I think having an agency, you know, again, that word having anything in the online digital marketing space, um, has become the cool thing now and become the easy thing to do. You know, it's like mm-hmm. anyone could just start up and say, Hey, I'm an online agency, right? There's zero credentials needed as opposed to like, not everyone can stand up and say, I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer. Right. You know, you have to actually have some sort of degree, some sort of experience. But now, you know, I, I was in a meeting, what was it two years ago? And I said, yeah, you know, this, I got introduced. He has a digital marketing agency. He goes, Oh, my son has Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm glad you think that's the exact same thing as your son owning a platform, uh, like playing owning uh, as your son having a platform on, on, on his phone. That's great. But like, there's just, there's no barrier of entry. Right. Anyone could get in and the amount of, and it's something I've been very vocal about in this industry because I love this industry. And because I've been so burnt when I had my own clothing company, I'm so empathetic and so protective over this mm-hmm. uh, to, to the people who sit across from me that, that give me any sort of money, um, whether it's a thousand dollars or twenty five thousand or whatever it is, uh, I treat the money the same. They're giving me money, um, and I'm so empathetic to the fact. I take it seriously. You know, you lose sleep over it if you're if you're not getting the results that at at, at any given at an, any given moment. Uh, that's how I treat our our clients. Uh, but 
again, there's no barrier in. So the amount of people I've seen saying, hey, I just signed this client uh, for $15,000 a month. Any any ideas on where I should start? Oh my God. And I'm like, oh man, yeah. And, and I, I used to chime in and be like, yeah, uh, start by refunding them their money. Yeah. Right? Like, like that, like I, I, and the amount I see it because you have these gurus teaching how easy marketing is and how, and how easy it is to sell a course or how easy it is to do all that without ever actually spending your own, your own money on it and expecting to, you know, sharpen, you cut your teeth yeah. on, on someone else's dime. Um, I, I just, sorry, I, I'm not even answering your question, but that, that just really, really bothers me. No, no, but, you're actually, but, I think we're, we're, we're totally aligned on this topic, which is why I was, I wanted to bring it up because you, you have one that has, you know, cut its teeth and sharpened this. Yeah. Side. And, and look, th- this isn't meant for me to sit there and say, my agency is the best. We are right. the, I, I believe we are. I believe we put together the best team. I think, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly why we stand out. Cause that was your question. Mm-hmm. But but I, I believe there are a lot of other good agencies out there. I'm friends with a lot of agency owners, right? I'm friends with, with my competitors and I don't see them as competitors because we learn off each other and there's, and we all have abundance mindset and that's why we've all been able to grow. There's enough clients for, for us all. And if you're not a fit for me, maybe you're a fit for them. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that's kind of how we look at things and we help each other. It's a very, very weird, weird thing. Like, you know, go back to the 1950s. They would tell you, crush your competition. Yes. Uh, you know, like, don't talk to them, steal all their clients, break it all down. I, I you know, I, I think the friendships I have with people are, have been instrumental in my success and I continue to learn from them. And I hope they, I hope I provide value to them as well. But what makes us different is, like I said, I, I think I've been on the other side of the table. I know what it's like. And I've, I, I believe I put together the best team, like the dream team uh, possible. Uh, I've, I've literally scoured the earth for, for these type of people uh, and, and put together an amazing, amazing team of talented people. Um, we're numbers driven. So every single thing, I'm a big believer in uh, you can't fix what you don't measure. And you'd be shocked how many business owners don't know their numbers, but that's unacceptable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to know our numbers in order to help any business, uh, you know, improve or, or scale or grow or make more money or get more clients, whatever it is. Uh, everything has to be measurable and the numbers always tell a story. So we're very, very numbers driven and, and I guess we're results focused. I know that's a weird thing to say, but that's the only thing that matters, right? You know, we'll give all the data in the world, but at the end of the day, if we're not getting results or if we don't believe we could get your results, we will not work with you. Um, I think, I think one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my entire life is saying no more than you say yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a hard thing to do. I get it when you're starting off and you're like, Hey, it's money. I, I shouldn't say no to them, but. I think, you know, people don't like me on my sales calls. Like uh, my, my team doesn't like me doing sales calls because I'll kill more deals than, than it will because I, <laughs> I overtell them, here's what you could expect, right? Like you're not going to, and, and I'm, I'm different than other agencies that are promising them the moon. And sure. if I audit an account and, and this just happened last week where I've looked at an account and they're like, we're not happy with another, with our other agency. And I looked at it and I said, look, anyone who audits account is going to find something wrong because there's so many different ways to do this. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, they're doing a good job. And I don't know if we could add much value on top of what they're doing. Can we improve it a little bit? Maybe. Is it worth you to go through the headache of switching and, and hiring someone else? And are the, is that incremental difference going to make you happy or just make you more upset at us and take it out on us that you left someone mm-hmm. um, and, and it had to restart to get that? Uh, so because of that, I, you know, 
if you want to come to us, no problem. But but I, I'm just going to be honest with you, and I tell you, I think that other agency is doing a good job. Yeah, and I see. And therein, in that example alone, comes I think another not not always, but an, another valuable piece, and that's integrity, right? Yeah, if, if, I want to chase the sale, but man, if I can't do you the service. You know, as the customer, as the client, then I'm I'm better off, and you're better off if I can say, hey, maybe you should go with this person, or maybe you should stay where you're at. In in your example, and uh, I think so often people are are chasing that almighty dollar and uh, would rather take it from them than just keep their integrity intact. Yeah, and 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 it sounds so like selfless, right? But there's a selfish component to it. I'm I, like, I'm going to be super honest with you. Right? We're, we're on a podcast talking and hopefully helping entrepreneurs. So I think transparency and honesty is important. Um, there's a selfish factor to it too, mm-hmm. right? I want, I don't want headaches. I don't want my team to have headaches. Right. I'm taking on a client that's angry or fighting with them or, or bad emails or, or a client that's going to leave after two months. And I like winning records, right? So I don't want to take on a client that I don't think we could help. And then that looks bad for us. And they go out and I'm so protective over the reputation and the name that I don't want to piss people off. And, and, and they leave and they say, don't work with these guys. These guys are awful. Yeah. So, you know, we become a lot better at, 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 uh, I guess qualifying prospects in, in a good way uh, to see if they're fit because at the end of the day we we want that winning record we want to keep telling people like well, these other clients are getting results for it. well how many clients don't you get results for we don't work with those guys right so <laughs> uh, yeah that so there's there's obviously you know I'm, I'm joking but there is that selfish component to it as well um, and protecting the business and the reputation but at the same time I think it's a, a win-win because um, it, it protects the the business that's coming to us. And, and, and if they, if they don't vibe with us, if they don't like my transparency and honesty, and, and this happens on a lot of sales calls where they're like, well, this other agency told me I could get this. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you what we could do. Uh, if you want to go with them, no problem, but I'm, but I don't think they could do it. And I think you're going to call me in three months and, and tell me that they couldn't do it. And then you're not going to have any budget for an agency. So I hope you come with us, but I'm not going to lie to get your business. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I want to be mindful of your time. I've been, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm having fun. This is, this is awesome, right? <laughs> but um, I want to, uh, two parts here. I want, I want to make sure to give you time to, you know, tell everyone where they can hook up with you. But before we do that, let's give them Jason's number one tip for entrepreneurs. And it could be a marketing tip, seeing how that's the area you play in or, or, or anything else you think is is gold. Wow. My number one tip for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big one. I, I mean, I, I think I think it comes down to, um, you know, sales is, is the ultimate key, right? You either made money or you didn't. Right. In a business. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs forget that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't ask for a sale enough. Mm. Uh, they don't, they don't ask enough. And I think the most important thing that, 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 that I've come across with is I just don't think people, I think the number one mistake entrepreneurs make is they try to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when 99% of businesses fail, they just think on their own, they're going to go do it. Every single thing I've ever gotten in my life is because I've asked for it. Right. I, nothing was just land, randomly landed in my lap. I, I asked for the sale. I asked for this. And when, and when, and I know when sales calls are bad, when I, when I do some sales calls, I know when a sales calls bad, when I'm like, oh, I just got off the call. I didn't even ask them if they wanted to sign today. <laughs> like they could say no. I think people are so afraid of rejection. 
I think people are so afraid of the know what's the worst that could happen. But when you start, like I put a picture of when, when I first had my son, now I have a, a beautiful daughter as well, but I put a picture of my son on, on, on the desk because when I used to get scared of asking for sale or rejection or be like, ah, you know, am I, am I being too pushy? I'm like, it's for him. Yeah. This is for him. This yep. is for, this is for this is for his life. Uh, am I not going to ask someone for their money to to help my kid to feed my to feed my family? I'm going to ask them for their money, and I'm going to ask them to work for me. Now you have to be able to deliver on what you're going to do. Yep. I'm not just going to ask them for their money and then and then lie to them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Um, yeah, and and I think that's the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make is is trying to do things themselves and not asking enough. And when it comes to marketing, I think people just don't focus on how important marketing is um, that that people don't know they exist and so many businesses owners don't exist online and they don't have any social media presence or mm-hmm. website um you know and that's weird in today's society people used to be like oh i'm not on facebook you know i'm one of those rare unicorn that's weird today in 2020 <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. not that's not a good thing you're, you're not you're not that you're not a rebel you're now weird to another business mm-hmm. um, so i think people realize that if you need customers you know, in a time like this and business goes bad or you lose business, the number one thing you need is customers. Well, I, I would say the number one thing you need are sales. The number, how do you get sales? You get it from customers. Mm-hmm. How do you get customers? Advertising and marketing. And there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, he just reversed engineered the whole thing in 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's that simple. No, and it really is. You can break it down to that simplicity. And that's what I think they're, they're in leads us to another thought about. I think so many people overcomplicate everything, right? Uh, whether it be, oh, I need to, I'm going to create a digital course. That means I need to learn all this tech. No, no. You, you, you need to focus on the course first, right? And what it is you're trying to teach those that want to learn. And maybe you need to engage those that you would be teaching and make sure you're uh, answering the questions that they would ask, you know, really simple stuff. And then you put it online and then you market it. If you have a gift, if you have some sort of, and I, I believe everyone has something to teach. Amen. And I think the problem is people are like, well, no one's going to get this. Don't mark. If, if you're starting off in marketing and, and you know a little bit of marketing, I'm not your client, but there's someone who knows less than you. And that's your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to, you have to know who you're going after. But I think if you have a gift in this world, if you have, some sort of message. I think it's, I think you're, you're, you're selfish and I'm, I'm going to be that harsh. You're selfish for not sharing that with the world. I, I, I so agree with that 150%. <laughs> All right. I, I'm not, I'm not even going to dig in deeper on that one because that one just needs <laughs> to be left right there. But, on but, I says you want to you want to make more money. It's simple. Ask more people to get ask ask people to give you money. That, that right. it, it, make great, more I'm, offers. Yeah, I'm gonna make it that simple. The secret to making more money in this world is to ask more people for money. The more people you ask, the more offers you make, the more money you make. It's that hey, it's that easy. It's that easy. One, two, three. All right, Jason. Where if anyone wants to learn more about Jason or Jport Media or anything, where should we send them to? So I'm super accessible. My my I'm on. Instagram a lot. It's at Jason Portnoy. So J-A-S-O-N-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y. I have a website, jportnoy.com. That's my personal website. I, I do a lot of coaching consulting on there and put out a lot of content. And then my agency website is jportmedia.com, J-P-O-R-T media.com. 
All right, we'll be sure to get all those links. If you in can't the find shows. me, if you can't find me, then I'm a, I'm, I'm doing a bad job. So <laughs> right, if you I'm, can't I'm find Jason, all, I'm accessible on all these platforms. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you can't just type J- Jason uh, Jason Portnoy into Google, the, the, uh, yeah, the problem is there's a venture up. capitalist with that name too. Oh who I think, no, who I think like did something with PayPal, so we're competing on Google right now oh, for no. with each other. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a little bit of a step up on me, but nice. I, I like the challenge. Well, we'll be sure to get the link in the show notes so people can just click right to you in case they want to find out more about you and your uh, either your coaching or that new program you got coming in beta they might want to watch for that i might want to loop back with you in a few months and uh, and hear more about that and uh, see how that's going for you i'll be a guest on the show anytime Chase. Uh, thank you so much for having me i definitely appreciate your time thanks so much jason all right, there you go, my dark horse friends and family. Thank you, Jason Portnoy, just delivering value bomb after marketing value bomb. What thoughts did you walk away with? Well, for me, I walked away with a few, and here's thought number one. March to the beat of your own drum. You see, Jason talked about turning down law school, not once, but twice, and then quitting a job he had in the recruitment industry. And you remember, we had Dee Williams from the recruitment industry, so she's just blowing it up there. Not his thing, right? He instead went and flipped over and started an apparel company, all because he marched to the beat of his own drum. Now, I think we as entrepreneurs do that anyway, right? More so than the average folks out there. We see a hole or a need in the market that we are passionate about, and we just jump right in there and fill that hole with our passion and our expertise. Now, if we don't have all the knowledge and all the expertise to fill that hole right this very minute, then we do what Jason did. We start reaching out to those that do so that we can learn from them. And Jason reached out to Damon John. And did it happen immediately? No, you heard him tell the story, right? And if you think about it, does anything that you truly want or desire happen immediately? Right. I kind of feel you shaking your head. Nah, most times it doesn't. But when you truly want something, I mean, you truly down in your heart, burning desire, want something and you're driven by that burning desire to succeed in getting it, then you keep at it. Just like Jason did, which landed him with that meeting with Damon John and landed him that mentorship and long term friendship that has since spawned from that. Thought number two, if you're not happy with where you are, change it. I mean, after all, you're not a tree. Now, mind you, Jason didn't use these exact words, but his wife, remember, did challenge him when she said, look, you love marketing, but you hate the clothing business. Figure something out. So that's exactly what he did. He began playing in the Facebook's ad arena before it was a popular arena to be in and was able to build a very successful business out of this uprooting. So are you happy with where you are in your business right now? No, I feel you're shaking that head again. No, okay, that's fine. Get up, move it, shift it, change it. After all, you're not a damn tree. Thought number three, hacks versus long-term stability. Now, Jason brought up a great point here about using some of the current hacks or those fad tactics to gain an upper hand on the various platforms out there. But Instead of trying to gain the system, I'm in the same camp with Jason here. 
get in there and use the system to your long-term benefit. Stop chasing those $47.97 hacks and tactics that are always going to be sold. You see, to me, those are really an expensive way for you to avoid learning what it is you need to learn in order to gain the long-term benefits, benefits that those platforms really have to offer. Now, you may ask, why do you call a $47 hack expensive? Well, because if you think about it, number one, it's keeping you from really learning not only about the platform, what works, what doesn't work, but more importantly, number two, it's keeping you from learning even more about your core audience and more so your tribe, right? Those, those raving fans that you can develop out of your core audience. And if you truly are here in the spirit of service to your tribe, then you don't, well, I guess let me flip this. Don't you owe it to them? to learn about them so that you can deliver the best value, the best content, and the best solution to their real concerns, not just those posed by those hacks. Hmm? Think about it. Thought number four, the customer value journey. Now, Jason shared his thoughts on the customer value journey and the touch points that need to occur to get someone to go from stranger to raving fan and so many of these touch points that Jason shared align with the seven stages of the customer journey that I shared with you back on episode 21 uh, and if you haven't listened to that episode please go back to episode 21 and hear about my thoughts on the customer journey but at the end of the day you have to take the person on a journey, you know, from the thumb stop, then you would have to engage them, then you have to get them to subscribe to your lead magnet, and so on and so on. But one of the key points is that throughout your entire customer journey, you have to provide them with a good experience. Scratch that, hell. I would even say you need to deliver them an awesome experience, even at the entry point where you're not earning a dime from them. You see, that person that stops at your lead magnet is still just as important as the person that buys every single one of your products. Why? Well, because maybe they stopped yesterday or last week or even last month because it just wasn't the right time for them, right? There's, you're going to catch people at different points in their journey. Now, they may still come back to you later when they are ready to continue on their customer journey with you, but... In the meantime, they can still be a source of additional leads for new prospects to start at the beginning of their customer journey with you. So you want to give them a truly awesome experience through your entire customer journey. And I'd be willing to bet not only will they come back when they are ready, that they'll bring others right to the water's edge to drink while they're still waiting. And if they do continue with you, they'll continue to be someone that will buy your products over and over and over again, which at the end of the day is where the real magic is at serving your customer and your tribe to the point where they want to buy more and more from you. And thought number five, if you fail, you're not starting over from zero. Jason brought up an amazing point that during your entrepreneurial journey, when you fail, and you notice that I said when, not if, when you fail, you're not starting over again from zero. You will have learned a number of things up to and including that point. 
which is why you always hear me say it's not failure, it's feedback. And I believe if you have that passion inside you, driving you, then you will be failing if you do not bring that that superpower of yours to the world. If you do not take your superpower and share it with the world, yeah, that, my friend, that is a fail. Or as Jason said, you're selfish. Sorry, those are just the facts. I'm putting them out there. If, however, you're busting buns and you're grinding away and you're making connections and you're bringing value to those connections with and then all of a sudden, bam, you stumble, you bumble, you trip, you fall, you face plant. And my friend, you know, you're kind of headed in the right direction. Now, stand the hell up, brush yourself off, review just, you know, review what just happened, learn from it, make the necessary course corrections, you know, that you got from that new input and keep freaking going forward. Like I said, you owe it to yourself and to your tribe to share your superpower with those of us that needed and that's including me all right my dark horse friends family what tips or thoughts did jason leave that resonated with you whatever they were take some time today and put them into action get out there run your race and get your results i really want to hear about them seriously email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com and share the tips and ideas that you came away with how you put them into action and what results you gain from them heck i might even make you a guest on an upcoming show now next week our interview guest is going to be Alex Vanderhaar, and we will be chatting a bit about creating marketing strategies designed to scale and how Alex and his team are bridging neuroscience and psychology right into your marketing. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and these amazing stories from the guests I'm able to bring on this podcast. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, drop us a five-star rating. Leave us some kind words in the review. Heck, go ahead and leave us some constructive criticism in the, in the review. I'll take that as well. But, oh, and of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners you know will get value from it and with that i'm gonna leave you as i always do think successfully and take action thank you for listening to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast thanks for tuning in check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com all right my name is tracy brinkman